Welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. Before we get too much into this, my building is still under construction right now, so you might literally hear some hammering on the other side of the wall I'm doing this on. Just giving you all a heads up. So yeah, there's construction going on at Ryan's place. We got that there. But other than that kind of news, we are blessed once again with one of the best kind of DC presents you can possibly get. Another one of these fantastic DCU movies has come our way. And it's one of those ones, like, most of the time in life, when you start getting too many things at once, you either get one kind of burnt out. We even talked about this sort of like on the last episode. Or two, you just get to the point where you're like, oh, there's another one. Yeah, whatever. This is still one of the few things that's like, I put everything else down when this happens. It's like, yep, go buy it, get it. We're going to come home. We're going to watch it. We're going to be a fucking family tonight. No. Like, make it out like it's a big deal you know what i mean and every single time it's like it's never like one of those ones like oh yeah another one of those came out yeah well you know maybe i'll get it next week or something it's never like that it's always like where the fuck is it you're like kick down the store at the you know or you go to the store you're like fucking kick down the door and you're like where the fuck is the batman movie they're like ah justice league doesn't come out get the fuck out of here you don't know what you're talking about where's the batman animated movie they're like, yeah, this is the one right here. Fucking grab it out. Like, where's the fucking action figure version? Well, we're out of the action figure version. You fucks. You silly, silly fucks. <laughs> and then you grab your... You're mer- usually a customer service kind of guy. Like, no, I understand, but this is the one time. You're like, you failed. Yeah, and then you go and you go to buy it, and they're like, oh, hold on a second. Are you old enough? It's like, goddamn right I am. Oh, this movie's rated R. Fucking A, right. Goddamn right. Let's buy this shit. And then... And then you're kind of behold, and you get Batman, um, Gotham by Gaslight. I almost forgot what Batman movie it was for a split second. What the fuck am I so excited about? What Shit, I'm excited about, about it. Oh, I don't know right. But, um, but no, this is one of those ones with like, I remember when they announced it or whatever, during whatever the last DC movie was, I guess, was on the Harley Quinn one? Was that the one where? I guess it was. I think the last one was the Harley Quinn one, which that seems like it was a while ago. Yeah, it does seem like it was a bit ago. So... It was like, man, now I'm like, well, that's kind of a cool idea to go with. I remember reading the comic. It's one of those ones that I got, like, way, I don't know, ten years ago or something like that. Like, one started, like, let's just start buying random Batman books. And I saw that one. It's like, yeah, let's read this one. And I remember reading it, and it was like, well, that was that was cool. You know, it was just Batman versus Jack the Ripper. That's a cool idea, but I didn't think, like, I didn't not, not like in a bad way, like, I, I didn't like it, but I didn't think of it being, like, oh, my God, fucking, this is, like, where has this book been my whole life? You know, it was just more like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then kept going on. But once I heard they were kind of doing a movie of it, and it's like, oh, well, that book's, you know, it's short. It's probably like all of like two thick issues. I would even say three, you know. So they like, kind of expand on it, and then they even go into using elements from the, the sequel, which I didn't even know about till this movie. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's a sequel to this book? Let's get that one, too. We'll check that bad boy out. But, yeah, so, like, what we're doing here is we're going to do Batman, Gotham by Gaslight, the movie, the comic, and the sequel to the comic. There's a butcher in this town preying on poor women. And the Gotham police stand twiddling their thumbs. Your evening attire, sir. That was not the suit. I need Alfred. I mean to rid Gotham of the Ripper. 
He's a skilled hunter. And he's just getting started. You're studying me. You're a fascinating subject. I'm not just another pretty face. Bruce Wayne, you are under arrest. You can't imagine I'm actually the Ripper. The deluxe suite. I need to get out of here. Gotham needs the Batman. Every moment puts women in danger. Yeah, I uh, literally bought the sequel. So actually, I mean, I literally bought both these uh, the same night. I bought uh, ba- Batman Gotham by Gaslight, the movie, and then the graphic novel. And I picked it up, the graphic novel, at a comic book store just a few blocks down the road. And I just flipped through. I'm like, this is a little thicker than I imagined it would be. Because I heard it was just like one one or two issues, or maybe even three issues. And then I got like further down, and I'm like, oh, wait, this has the sequel. Because the artwork is no longer by... Uh, uh, Michael Magnolia, the guy who does Hellboy, after a while, I noticed it was something, I was like, okay, and then flipping through it, then watching the movie, I'm like, okay, I can see where they used parts of this, and then, but I'll say this, the only thing they really have in common, between the book, at least, I mean, the, uh, Gotham, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the, the book, and the sequ- the graphic novel sequel, or the issue sequel, is just the time frame, and the era, because tonally, they're both way different oh yeah no they're definitely like different and it's just yeah it's more just the time period of like the late 1800s i mean it's still like a sequel but it's not like a you really could read one without the other and you would never be confused but i think it was just like i didn't realize in the movie though that that's where they were pulling some of these ideas from was the sequel one like oh okay well i gotta fucking read this book then because i remember when i was watching the special features on the dcu one and I started seeing, like, images of the comic. I'm like, well, that wasn't fucking in Gotham by Gaslight. And it's like, oh, there's another book? And then, lo and behold, at least it was kind of short, so that made it a quick, easy read. Yeah, the one thing about that, and we won't go too much in this because it's another subject, but t- Bruce Tim said uh, one of the inspirations with this was H.H. H. Holmes, who I found about. I was listening to the podcast Lore, and that's a show where they go into um, – creepy history and maybe certain uh historical events that inspired things like vampires werewolves ghost stories or whatever else whatever just oh here's a creepy uh jack the ripper-esque story and there's a guy named h.h H. holmes who back in chicago back around this time victorian era who was going around he had this almost this maze like this house that was almost oh, like a murder dungeon so and just rigged with trap no, doors and all that and, like and uh smart scorsese and leo DiCaprio are trying to make a movie off this so they're saying they took a little bit of inspiration from that when going forward with this movie and i'm gonna say i'm not sure if that was part of the inspiration of the hh holmes because that, that was happening during the world fair when all that shit was going on so i'm not sure if that was part of the inspiration for the uh book or if I know they said they used a little bit of inspiration for that for the movie, that in itself almost seems kind of like a little bit of a missed opportunity, though. I'm not trying to d- down the movie for what it didn't do, this alternate version, but that just, that in itself, it seems kind of like if you wanted to do kind of like, all right, well, here's sort of like a Riddler esque Victorian era villain. You know, H.H. Mm-hmm. H. Holmes has his little murder dungeon that Batman has to get through. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it's kind of like they brought that up sort of like, oh, yeah, by the way, this sort of, like, inspired us, but... And I don't think it had really too much to do with the book. I think the book was all its own thing. But, yeah, when you kind of hear that in the special features... Yeah, when you hear that in the special features, you're like, oh, that could have been kind of like, you know, another idea just to throw in there. Like, almost like... Instead, make that kind of the final battles. Like Batman shows up and is like, "Oh, there's like some fucking murder dungeon," and that's like the ending of the movie or something like that. Instead, though, the movie still works in it well. Would you like to cover the movie first or the or the comic first? Uh, we could kind of go through probably. I guess we could kind of go through both of them back and forth. I think that I don't know unless you want to do it one by one. We can go back and forth. They say the movie did it this way, the book did it that way. But um, I'll say I probably like. I'm not sure how you feel. I think I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess you're probably on the same page as me. I think Gotham by Gaslight, the movie, is better than both the books combined because it has a little bit more to work with. Mm-hmm. Had more time to think it out. I'll be honest. The second issue, the, the second, the second story to Gotham by Gaslight in the comic feels kind of more a little tacked on thing like hey i kind of have an idea for a victorian hg wells-esque story where the other one's like hey let's do a batman origin story based in the victorian era he has to fight jack dripper that sounds kind of cool we'll work with that we'll have a whole lot of batman stuff in it uh batman jim gordon will make a reference to joker then move forward well that's what i kind of like about the comic book is and maybe I guess we could even just talk about the comic book first because that one is a little bit simpler. But like just like that first issue, we'll, we'll break them up between you know Gotham by Gaslight and then what's the other one called? Master of the not Master of the Universe, Master Master of the Future or something like that. Yeah, Master of the Future. Well, Gotham by Gaslight, like almost what I like there because there's things about like I'll say this like the movie itself, it's almost like I'm not too sure which one I actually kind of like more because the movie does add more things to it, and obviously it combines both books together, and it goes for a longer time. But I almost like some of the smaller details in the comic of Gotham by Gaslight of, like, why things happen. that In the movie, they just kind of rush by, and it's like, yeah, whatever, we'll just kind of keep going, keep the action going, whatever, that's fine. But in the book where it kind of breaks down some of these moments, they're like, oh, that's kind of smart, or, like, the way that, like, because in that one, it's more like Batman's coming, or Bruce Wayne's coming back on a ship, and he's just been over training in Europe this whole time. So, he he's not really Batman too much yet. You know, I think it's like he's put the costume on and done a couple things because he has it sitting there, but it's not like, instead he's just been out there training. So he comes back to Gotham, and when he was in London and all these areas, that's when the Jack the Ripper, like the regular British murders were going on. And so now it's like one year later and he's in Gotham. And then all of a sudden, these murders start happening in Gotham. But what I like in that one is they start doing the thing where it's like when they, instead of when they arrest Bruce Wayne, they go, wait a second. He was over there. This guy was over there during these murders. The second he comes back, these murders start happening again. I felt like that was a little bit better reason to, like, justify, like, why it was him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that in itself is a little bit, uh, that's kind of interesting in that aspect. I will say they kind of treat it more of like a Jack the Ripper story that just happens to feature Batman, where the other one feels way more like a Batman story, but he just he just fights Jack the Ripper. Because the thing is, I imagine, I mean, I guess we'll never know, really. I imagine Jack the Ripper being a bitch. He's just a guy who kind of went after women. We, 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 we mythologize him as this monster and this demon with a knife, but really the guy was cornering women and gutting them. Yeah, but he, the movie makes. The, but in the movie, though, he's a badass. He can fight, 
and we'll get into the spoilers of that later. But in this one, they even portray him more like a bitch. Like, he's a psycho, and he kind of runs off the second Batman encounters him. Yeah, and that's how I kind of think of him as. It's just this guy that's, like, really just a weakling. Like, Batman would just kind of break him easily. You know, it's, it's somebody, because obviously somebody who, like, preys on people like that, he's going after easy targets. He's not going after, it's not like, oh, my God, he just went out and murdered this seven-foot-tall, like, wrestler guy. You know what I mean? It's like, no, he's going after people who are alone, who probably are drugged, who probably are, you know, all other stuff going on. It's like, easy, easy targets, you know? Not fucking fighting people down and not really... I know that, like, he kind of uses the thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting because just to prove that even though in your futuristic world, things can still be evil and dark, it's not like he's going out, like, fighting for, like, almost a better reason. Where I almost will say I like in the movie, they almost turn that kind of Jack the Ripper character into, like, well, spoilers ahead, I guess, but... And that one, they switched around that's like, oh, it's fucking Jim Gordon, and he happens to be, you know, Jack the Ripper. But what he's doing is he's purifying the world, uh, or Gotham, of all the crime and all the sin so we can actually get to this futuristic age that, that's kind of looked forward to. And for the most part, that would seem kind of like an odd, odd thing, because it's like, oh, Jim Gordon, to me, always reminds me of, like, the good of the good. But I will say, by kind of looking at other Batman stories, James Jr., Jim Gordon's son... He was a, a serial killer, so I felt like I looked at it like kind of like that. Like it's almost like taking that aspect and putting it on Jim Gordon. And plus, I did think that it made for a nice twist because my only fear in the movie the whole time I'm like, are they gonna make Jack the Ripper Joker? I feel like that would almost be the cop out choice. You know? Did I lose you? Sorry, my internet's being all shitty. Yeah, um, to go off what I heard, what you said, I'm not sure if you added anything to it. I was almost 95% sure it was going to be Joker. Because I, especially when they showed there's the one uh, alcoholic homeless lady named Marlene. I'm not going to lie. I rewinded it, but I, for a second, I'm like, did they mean Harlene? And I assumed it would be more of like a twist, kind of like. Uh, I assume, like, okay, so this is his go-to. It's like, that's that's going to be Harley, and she's looking out for Jack the Ripper, who's going to be Joker. And that's what I assume. Like, oh, nope, she's just some random drunk lady named Marlene, and I just assumed I misheard her. It was Harleen. You know, the weird thing, though, is that, like, it was voiced by Tara Strong, and then it had the Harley Quinn accent, but, like, it did not fit, really, at all. Because you had, like, this almost, like, mm -hmm. little girl accent, and then you had this, like, 80-year-old woman. <laughs> Who was supposed to be yeah. all haggard and everything like that? There was a couple. I, I will say there was a couple accents in the movie that I felt like they almost had. Here's this old man or something like this, and it sounds like it's a twenty year old doing it, but not even doing like an old man impression, just doing like a twenty year old's voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was. Uh, I thought most of the voice acting was pretty good. Yeah, I mean overall I pretty they... good, but just there's just a couple parts, just like the Tara Strong one, it just didn't really fit. And that was another thing. I could tell that was Tara Strong. I didn't have to look it up. I could just tell by her voice. So I was like, that's probably Harley Quinn, and she's probably kind of looking out for Jack the Ripper. So, But then they don't do that. They don't do that. She's just another drunk lady, and her name is Marlene, not Harlene. So maybe it's just a little, like, faint nut, like, nut nod to it. I'll say this. I'll get this part out of the way. Because um, for regarding the book, because the book, I mean, we really can't go into the book too long because it's a very, very short book. And... I'll say the the first book, the Gotham by Gaslight. I think the most saving grace about this book is Mike Manola's art style. Mm -hmm. 
because it looks really good. It looks very different. And the uh, Master of the Future book has a good art style too, but I'm, I'm more a fan of the Mike Manola books. It fits the, fits the theme, fits all the darkness. You know, it's from the guy from Hellboy, so it makes sense. And uh, I also just really like the way Batman's suit looks in the Victorian era. The whole, it's really bulky. You can kind of tell he's wearing kind of like some kind of bulletproof, like old school bulletproof vest. And his cape, it looks more of kind of like a cross between like a duster or like a trench coat. How it has the collar that kind of comes up around the cowl like that. I think that looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one, so, and the, the twist in that is, because once he actually does confront Jack the Ripper, he is a weak man. And it does the thing where both movie, both stories do the thing where they try to do the thing, where they try to present it where it's a... Uh, the friendliest guy, the last person you expect. And I guess when you're doing a murder mystery, that a lot of the time is one of the only... I mean, there, if you look long enough, you can think of other examples. But most murder mysteries, it's like, okay, it's the guy, it's super obvious, and he's not doing much to hide it. Or it is the best friend or, or someone, someone of that effect or the one cop they trust. And this one... The book, it's a family friend who is a lawyer and who's just a really weak-willed guy. His name was Jacob something. Mm. And he's like, your dad gave everything to me. Your dad, hell, I fucked up in medical school. He helped me in law school. And and then I, I, I liked his wife. So I went to ask her to marry me. But she said no. And then... She laughed. I had to take something from my. She laughed at me. So now I take it out on women, and then I arranged an assassin to kill your family, and then I wanted to kill you, and uh, just like you weak-willed bitch. And then so they make him just they make him to be like a character you just fucking hate. Where in this one, the movie, he's much more presented as a character who you probably don't like him by the end of what he's doing, but at least he's an intimidating character. He's a scary character. He's not someone you want to fuck with. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, I think the weak-willed character sometimes kind of works because those are the people that almost, like... That almost feels, like, a little bit more realistic in life because those are the people that do fucked up things are people that aren't strong, that aren't confident, that aren't that. And I think that's kind of the thing. It's just, like, look at this, sh- this kind of shitty guy who plays it off as he's your best friend is really your worst enemy. And I think that kind of does... It kind of makes for a little interesting thing. I mean, like, sometimes you always want, like, a strong villain to back up your your hero. But sometimes I think you can have kind of a shitty person, and it kind of still can work. And I think, also, too, of the Gotham by Gaslight, I think that's one of those books. Like, if you would have read that, like, in 1989 or whatever, or 88 when it came out, you would have been like, oh, fuck, dude, that is such a cool idea. Dude, it's Batman 100 years ago? Like, get the fuck out of here, you know? Where nowadays it's kind of like you see so many Batman in different places. You see episodes like that. You see so on. I think that's why when I initially read it, I was like, it's cool, but, you know, you know, it's just Batman finding Jack the Ripper. You know, I've seen From Hell. <laughs> you know, that was kind of like, I mean, cool. I like Batman's design and everything like that. I will say the second time I just reread it, because I reread it right before the movie came out, I did actually like it a lot more. When I kind of reread it, I'm like, no, this actually is really cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like the artwork right away. It's not like I disliked it. It's just one of those ones, like, I kind of looked at I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then it was just like, you know, that was about all. You know, it was like watching... I guess you could say, like, Death Wish for the first time. You're like, it's a cool movie, but, like, I've seen a bunch of this stuff by now, so it doesn't seem nearly as fresh. But this movie, this book actually is one of those ones you kind of think about, like, this is, like, the first sort of Elseworlds story, oddly enough. And that's what kind of created all these, like, alternative stuff, which you would think would have been around much before this, but go figure. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. You think this is the first one to do it. And, um, 
the th- I'll say this regarding the movie, and we're now we're going to get into more spoiler territory here. There's only really one part of the movie that really just kind of bothered me, and it's not like, oh, I'm offended, but more of just as a fan, and it's more of a personal thing than... I understand all the reasons why they did it, uh, but when they kill off Poison Ivy at the beginning, that's one of those things, because she's one of my favorite Batman villains, mm-hmm. and they kind of reduce her to... Well, well, first off, it's a couple things. And this is one of, one of these aspects is just something that's in like all horror films, especially something like Jack the Ripper story, because he went after uh, hookers and whatnot. But I guess when they first introduced Poison Ivy, she comes out, she's a belly dancer at a burlesque place, and you can see she doesn't like the job. And then she's walking down the road, and then she's attacked and killed by Bill by uh, Jack the, Re- the Ripper. And it's not just a simple slash, you're dead. It's like knifing n- constantly, and then you hear like a gargoyle... <laughs> You kind of hear like that, like, oh, shit, this got very fucking brutal. And, like I said, I know it's an Elseworld book, and there's millions of other Poison Ivies that live to fight another day. But I guess it's one of those things when you got a character that you like so much, and then she's just kind of reduced to the, you know, the the victim who just gets it. Like, she's there to give you a boner, and then she fucking dies a few minutes later. Like, I guess that that, that was just one of those things, like, ah, you kind of... Did it have to be her? You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of... Because that's my favorite, like... Pretty, I guess you could say, if you call her a villain, that's my favorite villain. I don't really consider she's more like an anti-hero, like in a Punisher kind of style. But that's like one of my favorite characters. And I kind of saw me like I, I get it. It was an Elseworld, and I you, in this movie they're trying to do the thing like every single character is in there. They're trying to fit it into like let's make it a Batman character, you know, which which kind of works. Sometimes it feels kind of like a shoe in. I will say that mm-hmm. one thing I do like about the comic book, I kind of like actually the simplicity of it, where it's just like, oh, who's the recognizable characters? Well, there's Batman, there's Joker, and Gordon. And Alfred, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. That's all. That's all you need. You know, what I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing more. And I think that's kind of nice. I mean, this one, it's like they really try to sh- put everybody in there, and it's like some of them I think work really well. Some of them are kind of like, oh yeah, like the Poison Ivy one. It's like eh, if you're gonna do, why don't you get spoiler or something like that and put her in there? Don't be wrong, I like spoiler a lot too, but I don't like her nearly as much as Poison Ivy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Put somebody else in. I mean, I guess it's like I don't know. It'd be like every other character I could think of. It's like, well, what if they put Barbara Gordon in there? I'd be like, well, that'd be fucking weird. What if they yeah. put? Um, it would be weird, especially once the movie came around towards the end. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, oh fuck. I, that actually would be actually kind of ballsy if they're like, oh, he murdered his own daughter because she was in like a fucking strip tease show. Like that would be fucking almost like shit. Now I know why this movie got an R rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a whole other deal right there. Um, I guess my thing is it's more already, like, I get why it's there. Like, I'm not a fan. I mean, that's a problem. Don't get me wrong. A lot of movies I really like have this. I guess I'm not a fan of when they bring in the hot girl just to die, like, a minute later. And I know that's a staple of a lot of slasher flicks and a lot of horror films. And even a lot of movies I have like that. That's not enough to kill the movie Mm -hmm. for me. But when you combine that with Poison Ivy, a character I really like, that's where it's like, ah. But once again, it's... I may have not liked that part, but it's nothing that's going to totally kill the movie for me. So, uh, but that even what you said about that being... I think I probably would have been more mad if it was Barbara Gordon, just because that's <laughs> I like Barbara Gordon more than Poison Ivy, so, yeah. Well, that, and I think it's the other thing, too, It's like because you think about, like, Poison Ivy's probably, like, the strongest female character in any of the Batman rosters. I know some people might want to argue that one, but I will say this. I th- Think about it. Who has more control over everybody else in fucking Batman's, like, female roster? Poison Ivy. Way more than Catwoman. Poison way Ivy. more than Barbara Gordon. Way more than Spoiler. <laughs> you know? 
it, it's, well, it's, like, it's one of those ones, like, you know who you could have done? You could have done, like, um, fucking, what's her name? Um, Magpie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that would have been one that you'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. They, nobody would have probably <laughs> done, Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I, know, I think it is kind of one of those ones where it's like they do that, but... Um, but other female characters in it, like, the one thing I really like that they added is, I think, Selena Kyle in that thing. That's, like, really, like, the best, like, added thing they put in there. It's, like, they do a really good mm-hmm. job of her the whole way through. Her character's totally awesome. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of making her, because she's, yeah, the way they fit in the whole cat aspect with her is that she uh, was a lion tamer back in the circus, Mm-hmm. And that, and she, she's not, she's not saying things like perfect or anything like that, but she still has a little bit of a cat theme, and she's a burlesque dancer, and she's a, she's also an activist, so, and she's a big deal in Gotham, and she's trying to go out of her way and fight Jack the Ripper her own way, and she walks, and that, that explains how she has the whip and all that. And I like it's more of a story about because every so often, every so usually when you re, if you read enough Batman comics and play like you know the Arkham video games, it's usually a Batman story and Bruce Wayne is there just to get you by for a second to give you some exposition or show oh yeah he does have a side life, mm-hmm. but I feel like the movies the live action movies primarily are more of like Batman is the mask. And it's Bruce Wayne. Where this one, it feels like it's doing more of that. That's not always a bad thing because you get to see it from the other perspective. But this does seem to be more of a Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle story than it does a Batman story. And I think this kind of works well in it because that's almost like how the comic book is too. Because like, the, mm. the bat suit's almost like kind of a secondary thing. And I think at that time period, it's almost like you know Bruce Wayne can use a lot more different kind of skills and things like that in the Victorian age that will work out better. Because almost like in the future... Really, I always feel bad. Bruce Wayne could almost just be like, what, what is Bruce Wayne? Oh, he's a weird recluse guy. He never really shows up anywhere. Like, you could almost just go for that and just have him be totally out of the picture, and I think it works. But some, there's some time periods where I think it almost works better where it's like, okay, yeah, Bruce Wayne is still like half his power is being Bruce Wayne, and then the other half is at nighttime being Batman. You know, and he can go back and forth using each one to its advantage. It also depends on who's writing him. Sometimes he's, like, the guy who stumbles in with, like, you know, three models on his arm. Like, hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, don't worry about me. I'm just, you know, brucing it up. Or then here's other times where he comes in. He's very, like, you know, proper posture, very eloquent. Like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am Bruce Wayne, the coolest motherfucker in the room. Mm-hmm. So it all, it all depends on the book and who's writing. But in this one, it's much more of the coolest guy in the room and oh you play playboy every once in a while yeah well i feel like it almost kind of captures kind of both of it kind of well just just enough to kind of give like what the people think of bruce wayne sort of like here's this guy important figure of gotham but he can also have a little bit of the playboy charm and that almost kind of keeps people from thinking too much about him like what else he does so there is those kind of interesting things there and then um and then they add also in there they add like the three robins which, at first, I was like, well, that seems kind of shoehorn, but I thought it was kind of cool at the same time, too. It's just there were these street kids, and it was, it was Jason, Tim, and Dick, and they were just out there, like, at first just being kind of criminals, robbing some old people. And then Bruce just kind of tells them, like, why don't you do something more positive with your life? He's like, I broke the guy who owns you. Now you can do whatever you want. Be a man. A Batman, if you will. No. And then, well, there's also just a lot of small nods. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's some things I I stop and and look up. Uh, One, uh, something that does happen in Gotham by Gaslight, the book and the movie, is he does go to jail. Now, when he goes to jail in the the movie, 
it's much more of a bigger event. Um, he actually goes to Blackgate in the movie, and where he visits Arkham for a second in the uh, book. Uh, but in the movie, when he goes to Blackgate, he gets into a big brawl with a guy named Cyrus Gold. I'm like, I know that name, and they would not made a big deal about that unless it was somebody. They looked it up like, oh, Cyrus Gold was the real name of Solomon Grundy. So there's a little oh, nod for that character. In that's there. what I was wondering because I was like, well, that's not fucking. At first, I'm like, is, is that going to be Killer Croc? Is that, that's what I thought before he said his name. I'm like, and then he said the name. I'm like, fuck. But it's like, okay, that that makes yeah. total sense then if that's the case. That's cool. Yeah, your audio blacked out there for a second. I think Killer Croc's real name is Waylon Jones yeah. or Johns or something like that. So that's yeah, why no, I knew so it was like, like that's... Killer Croc. But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. like that's see that's a cool little nod there, and that's a part two that that scenes in the second comic book, where Batman is I almost want to say it's the very beginning. He's like, here, I'll prove a point. Put all the money on me. I'll take this guy out. And everybody's like, what are you crazy? You can't just go fight that big heathen. And then he takes him out, just like, oh, just a trade I learned over in England. Don't worry about it, boys. Ha ha. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say the second book. The second book, as far as Gotham by Gaslight goes the the sequel master of the future the artwork's good and there's some interesting imagery to it but in all honesty it's a little it's not really it's a book that i i don't think is amazing i think that that bringing in the world's fair aspect into the movie makes sense but the villain is just i mean i can tell what they're trying to do they're trying to do a little bit of h hb wells kind of hg wells type of sci-fi steampunk story and then combined with a little bit of like a swashbuckling style villain. Like what was the guy's name? Like Leroyne or L- Leroyne or something like that? Like he came across as so much of a like I got the Like a three musketeer right kind of Yeah, well be. like here, here's a line here's a line from right here. And this is the only voice I can imagine. But not to worry. I have no interest in killing you. I want to open your eyes to teach you. You know, by throwing this guy out a window. You know, he's like one of those things like Behold, it is my flying blip. Aren't you impressed? I'm a man of the future. You will rule the day. And hops on like a ladder that's like a like a like a, like a ladder as a plimp flies away. Yeah, no, he definitely has like where it feels like you could see this being like an old timey kind of like serial something like that. There's a line I love when Batman like breaks his like robot fucking pilot. He's like, no, not you know, like Timmy. He was my only friend. He's got like tears running down. <laughs> I was like, good, I'm glad he's fucking dead. <laughs> it's just That's like, how I felt. He had so much fucking emotion for that robot. It's like, it's the only one who loved me! Timmy the robot! His name was Anthony. Yeah, Anthony! No, Antonio! No. Antonio! Just, ah, Antonio! That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, no, it is cool, because we get to see, we get to see, you know, Batman do, can I get this swashbuckling action scene, so it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's, I mean, it's not even, a, it's not even that bad, it's just one of those things, just a super lame-ass villain, and I get they're trying to go with a swashbuckling type of villain, but I, I much prefer, prefer, given the previous book, the darker, uh, Jack the Ripper story, which is what the movie definitely pulls more from. They just, if anything, they took the aspect of okay, he fights Cyrus Gold for a second in a bare knuckle boxing ring, and then the World Fair. That's the only thing they really and the took blimp. From it. And, oh yeah, and the blimp. So I mean, that's I mean, it, it more takes like just elements from it. I mean, it's still a big deal because it is like the big set pieces that really change the movie. So by that standard, yeah, and like I'll say, like yeah, I, I enjoyed that book. It, you know, I mean, once again, it's only like maybe like two issues long, so. You know, you, with comic books, a lot of times you, you can only tell so much, like, in two issues. 
You know, you lot of times need almost like six to make it a big, full, epic story. But I kind of like, yeah, I like the look of it. I like just like the things like Batman with a fucking sword, like swashbuckling. That's fucking awesome. Need more of that in life. That's always cool. Less of everything else, you know? So there is, like, a lot of elements I think it's in there, but it's definitely one of those, like, it reminds me of, like, a story you would have got, like, the end of a Batman book. Like, oh, you read five issues? Uh, here's a little bonus one. If yeah, Batman back in time, if you feel like it. That's what it comes across as. Like, here's another line just to kind of give you the tone and vibe of this book as opposed to the first one. This is the bad guy right here. No! I will not be cheated! The spoils are mine! Mine for the taking! Then Batman says, then take them and enjoy them. And the, the blip explodes. Bitch. Enjoy them in hell! <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it feels like that book feels older than, than Gotham by Gaslight, strangely enough. I mean, I'm going to assume it's, I that it's they written were... by the exact same guy, too. Really? I think so. I'm going to assume the guy was trying the first one, because the first one feels much more like a Jack the Ripper story that happens to have Batman, where this one feels like it's trying to maybe be a wink and a nod to old serialized uh, adventure stories. Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad thing, but yeah, it's, it's probably written for like, like for him, he's like, dude, you remember, remember the fifties, bro? Like, he's not talking like that, but you know what I mean? That's what he's going for. Like how people nowadays are like, dude, remember 1992? Yeah, dude, I fucking love 1992. <laughs> so that's what he was doing. It was him and his gang were like, yeah, dude, what else did we do in 1952? Oh, I don't know. You want to do a fag drag? Yeah, let's do a fag drag. <laughs> As you're saying, like, remember 1992, as if they were saying, remember Nevermind? <laughs> yeah, like, well, bro, never mind. <laughs> yeah. No, um, well, going back to the movie, I was going to say, because you were right, they do utilize a lot of characters in that aspect of, like, if we got a spot for a character, we'll slide him in. Harvey Dent is more there of just as the uh, his drunk friend who's kind of a douche that Bruce Wayne just sort of puts up with, and he's almost made to be there to lead you astray, to assume that maybe it's him. He's so out, out forward, shitty, and kind of misogynistic that maybe it is him. And there's even a part, like, I mean, this shows they, they, they uh, do their research, and they just don't pull shit out of their ass. Uh, there's a part like, wouldn't your wife, Glinda, be angry? And Glinda is the name of his wife, who was not in very many comics, who was in uh, Long Halloween and Dark Victory, Jeff, the Jeff Loeb stories. Mm-hmm. So, and Tim Sale... So I was like, oh, wow, that's actually a deep cut right there. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. And, yeah, there definitely is things that lead you astray. Like, I, I knew it wasn't going to be Two-Face, but I'm like, I really hope it's Two-Face instead of Joker. That's all I thought. Of. Like, if that's what they're going for, please let it be Two-Face other than Joker. That's, that's a much better choice. I just think it's the only thing about they, if they just made it Joker, it's not that it doesn't work. Yes, it works. It just works almost so well that it's like, yeah, I saw that coming. It's, it's almost like the cop-out move in a Batman story. Mm-hmm. I almost, for a second, thought what was going to happen was, I mean, because it ends with the uh, with the World's Fair burning, and then Batman, Alfred, and the Selina Kyle and the Robins getting away in a carriage, and then Jason Todd, who's been very dismissive, very kind of like, what's the point of all the Robins? He's just like, we'll make a new one, a better one, a real one, you know, and then it ends... Or for a second, I assumed it was going to be like kind of like a Batman, not not Jim Gordon, him talking to him talking to, but maybe some cop talk or like saying we got a new one in town, and it's Joker, but maybe it's like Spring Hill Jack or Spring Heel Jack, who was another one of those um, rumored like 
some say he had demonic powers. Others say he was just a guy in a suit that could jump really high. And what? what uh, you, you ever hear about that one? Yeah, I remember hearing something about that a long time ago. Yeah, he was kind of a similar. I think it happened maybe even before, maybe even before Jack Thripper, maybe after. I don't remember, but he was. Uh, they, they said that you know he could jump really high, he could spit fire, this and that. Been you know a couple of sightings, but same thing, kind of like a guy who only went after women a few times. I'm like, okay, maybe what if he? fights him next or it'd be kind of cool if they actually decided to do a um kind of a very gothic uh noir victorian batman where he's kind of going against all like the murders or or like all the lore all the murderers and all the lore of all these you know jack the ripper spring hill jack hh holmes like around those kind of characters from that time i think that'd be an interesting Mm -hmm. thing yeah, that, that would be kind of interesting like that's like his roster of villains see because i think that's what i kind of like about the comic too it's like yeah, they have the little mention of Joker in there, but it's like kind of like a one-and-done like thing. And it's sometimes kind of nice just to like wipe the slate clean and just go, well, here's Batman. You know what I mean? But does he, he doesn't have to have just the same old, same old. You, know, he, you could surround Batman with a completely different group of people, and it still just works just as well. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of cool. I mean, where I know in the story they're trying to really like put in like just Gotham just a hundred years ago, like if everybody was back then. I mean, it still works just as well. I'm not saying anything against it. I also, they also do other kind of things too, where it's sort of like shoehorns in things for the time. But it's well, once again, I think it's kind of cool. Like where Batman's like, "Oh yeah, I trained with Sherlock Holmes in England," and he also talks about like, "Oh, Houdini taught me that trick," and so on. So it's like. Uh, that's kind of cool too. I mean, I know it's like name dropping almost. Like, guess who I know? Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute, there's they're actually talking about in the movie because I, I didn't li- I didn't finish it because we had to, I had to come and do the show. But I was working through the audio commentary. And for a minute, they said they were going to have Sherlock Holmes pop in the uh, movie once or twice. Like, hello, Bruce. How's it going? Or I don't know why he has that voice, but <laughs> why he has Hi, Bruce. Accent, I'm like, hey. English. Hello, <laughs> so, British. What's going on? And hey, I was not British. talking either. Hey, hey, oh. <laughs> just like can't even understand him. Like, just I'll tell you, Brad, you just a Winston. Come on, come on, Brad. What's that? Yeah, we're going out there. It's like, oh god, that's not how I imagine Sherlock Holmes ever talking. Who said you know who Sherlock Holmes is? <laughs> this guy's highly educated. <laughs> Like he he talks like a fucking like you know coked out street urchin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Watson shows up. But Sherlock, I don't know if I want to go on an adventure. Oh, you shut the fuck <laughs> up now! <laughs> you tell me I'm dead. Stop me! I'm shut up! No more cookies for you. <laughs> You're only fat as is. Like the Sherlock Holmes part seems really out of place. <laughs> fuck you. That's art. Fuck you. I don't like you anymore, and I don't want you touching me in the shower again. That was just a one-time thing! <laughs> you know, just being mates! <laughs> like, God, there's this... I like got slowly turned into sp- Spunkles and Wallaby. Well, that's how I always get a picture. Like, I, I remember this thing about, like, fuck, Spunkles and Wallaby is so Sherlock Holmes and fucking Watson. Especially in, like, the young Sherlock Holmes one, because that's really, like, how it is. Because young Sherlock Holmes is like, come on, Watson, you fat fuck, let's go on an adventure! He's like, fuck... There's, it's warm in here, and I'll got cake. I don't want the cake to go bad. He's like, no, nah, don't worry about the cake. There's Egyptians out there. We can do it. It's like, oh, bugger. Just starts eating the cake really fast. <laughs> Just face, <laughs> face down, no fork or, or, or knife. Somebody's got to finish it. Might as well be me. It's me. <laughs> oh, you fat fuck. <laughs> 
But, uh, but like, that's the thing, though, is I feel like you could have a bunch of cool, like, old-timey, like, adventures of, like, 1800s and, like, you know, have Sherlock Holmes in there and have all kinds. I mean, there, there, there's so much more you could do. You could literally do a sequel to this movie if they wanted to and just add all kinds of stuff. There, there's a lot to do, I think, in that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it'd be cool to uh, all the rumored murderers and uh, real murderers. To, I mean, you know, it's it's long enough. It's not like, you know, going like, you know... It's not like going and reaching back, like, you know, people from, like, two or three years ago. But I think, you know, these people, there's more mystery behind them, even the ones they caught. I think you can do something interesting about that. Yeah, no, I can't see why not. You know, there's definitely those kind of things like that you could do and so on. But that's going to be crazy, though, in the context. Like, think of the poor woman that got murdered by Jack the Ripper. And then, yeah, your your deaths are a footnote in the animated Batman cartoon. Wait, I didn't understand anything you just fucking said. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that whole sentence. But no, yeah, there there is that kind of stuff. There's so many weird things you can do of kind of blending history, blending Batman, and so on. Like, I think I, I know there is a bunch of stories like this, but I always feel like there should be more of these kind of stories. These things always are kind of cool. I mean, there's sometimes where it's like I don't need like the multi-universe of all kinds of weird stuff, but I kind of like just these ones. Like, oh, what if Batman was doing this? Hmm. I mean. Every so often, I know when I was kind of harping on the whole Poison Ivy aspect, and that's, like I said, not enough to kill it for me, but just enough to be like, oh, come on. But I think there is enough, uh, there's enough there if you wanted to get, like, different and kind of ballsy with Batman. Kind of like there's, uh, that's why I think I'm able to still like All-Star, Batman and Robin, this very different take on it, and that's, you know, because he's just like, here's crazy fucking asshole Batman who has no problem (laughs) punching him and, like, saying, boy, you just got drafted, and just, like, being a condescending dick to every other member of the Justice League, and then you also got something like this, where it's like, oh, Jim Gordon's a fucking psycho, and he burned his wife, like, I I, I will say, watching it the second time around, I thought that was clever, because they never show part of uh, Barbara Sr., uh, they never part. Of, they never showed the other side of her face. Mm-hmm. Isn't kind of. Is going to sound like a kind of a stoner question. Isn't it weird where if it's a guy, we say, "Oh, uh, j- senior and junior," but if it's a lady with the same like first name, we're just like, nah, "I don't fucking question it." <laughs> is it also weird that anyway. Jim and Barbara are the most laziest parents? They're like, "Well, what do we name our kids? Jim Junior and Barbara Junior." <laughs> no, that works for me. Yeah, we don't I have to think about it too hard. Into this, yeah. <laughs> you know what. <laughs> I can, when one junior is not it, enough, we're just going to double down on this shit. I could also see it being one of those things where one writer, because Jim Junior was a character they made and they just fell by the wayside, and like, oh shit, what are we going to do with this character? Um, and I think Scott Snyder was the one that brought him back in Black Mirror, uh-huh. the, the, the Black Mirror uh, issue. So uh, no crossover to the show, just to clarify. And um. I think that I think that sometimes people just forget that. Oh yeah, that happened. We just never really talked about it again because Jim yeah, Ju- no, Jim Junior cut- still. Well, it's sort what? of like it's a, it's before anybody really knew who Scott Snyder was because that that story comes before Court of Owls. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like almost, and it's a great book, and the fucking artwork in it's amazing. But yeah, it's just kind of like almost like a little bit of a little lost Batman story. And that's almost why, like, I'll say if that story didn't really exist, and I saw this Jim Gordon thing here, I'd be like, oh, well, I didn't see it coming, but that seems a little bit odd. But like, when I look at that story and kind of combine it with it, I kind of go, that's where I kind of pull and go, I just picture that. Like, maybe at this time it runs period, in the family. Yeah, th- this is when the serial killer part happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, well, plus the whole part, they, they did, I was going to say, but I 
lost my thought somewhere in there. It was got sidetracked. Um, they never show her the other side of her face for a while, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how it was kind of hard. They're having trouble. Like we can't ever show. It. They say it's easy for a writer to just say. Uh, Jack the Ripper appears. He stays in the shadows. It's easy for a writer to do that. It's hard for the director and all the artists to figure out how the fuck to work around that. And, I mean, my, my thing is just, just give him a fucking scarf and a top hat, which is what they do half the time. Or they give him a mask. And then, but then there's a the thing with Barbara. You realize, oh, wait. They only show her from either from the back of her head, one side of her face, or at a distance. When Batman comes in and she turns, like, he burns the sin out of him. The whole side of her face is totally burnt. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, I know, and it's like, and she's all, like, into it, too, which is kind of the weird. It's not like, help me, Batman. It's more like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, like, kind of cool. And then when it shows, like, those war photos, which I think that's kind of cool, too, because in the comic book, instead, those war photos are Thomas Wayne back in the day, and it shows, like, him. It's like he was in the Civil War. What side was Thomas Wayne on? Oh, we don't question that part. But uh, he was in the Civil War. <laughs> and uh, I could see them. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, and then it's like, there's Abraham Lincoln and everything like that and so on. But in this one's more like, oh, Jim Gordon was in the Civil War, and he was a medic in there, and that's where he has the medical training and so on. And he was also, uh, you see a pair of boxing gloves and him in a ring. It's like, okay, so that's where he has all this, uh, that's where he has all these, uh, this training and all that. So I will say the only, the only thing that, I may have said this already, but I think the only thing that really made that a real twist is the fact it was Jim Gordon. If it wasn't Jim Gordon, I don't think I would have seen it coming. If it was just some other random cop, like, it's the cop because it's always the guy he trusts or the one guy he goes to for help that ends up screwing him Mm -hmm. over. At least in most murder stories. I mean, if you look long enough, you can find example, uh, exceptions. But, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And other stuff you would be, yeah, Jim Gordon is like, I, I was one of those ones, like, I didn't really see that coming until, like, they got, until Bruce was in the house. I'm like, well, once he's in the house, I'm like, well, wait a second. This is Jim Gordon? Are you fucking? And then I, my brain even started thinking of other things. Well, maybe it's Jim Jr. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe Jim Gordon just has a roommate, and that's who it is. Yeah, I don't know. I just your brain starts going. Can't be Jim now. Yeah, yes. It's just the roommate we've never seen before. Just like, oh, that's the roommate. Like, and Jim's like, oh golly, Batman, I never put this one together. What can I tell you? I would give a murder mystery like really the balls just to actually never show the murderer. So this whole time you keep thinking it's somebody in the story, and it's like all of a sudden it's like, no, it's just this guy you never saw. What you think we're just gonna show him to you? Or it's like, it was like the store clerk who was just, you just passed by for a second. Yeah, yeah, like one of those ones. Like something like, nobody would have put anything together. You know, instead, because that's kind of how it is. Like, you know, really in every murder mystery movie, just about your story in general, you, you, you spend time with the murderer. Like, more than just the murderer's actions. Like, you're going to spend time with whoever he is. No matter what, there's going to be a bunch of scenes with him. So it's almost like you already know it's going to be somebody there. But if you just separate, the, if you cut that part out and you just make it somebody, like, anonymous almost, I think that almost makes it a little bit more like, oh, fuck. Well, it's also one of those things, like, in just any kind of mystery thing. Because even things that aren't really murder mysteries, they start to follow a little bit out. If it's like a serialized show, for instance... Um, I don't really watch it, but CSI, they always go to this one guy, this guy who gives them, say, like, well, I don't know about that, but you should go talk to old Jimmy down at the docks. They go down, they talk to old Jimmy. Jimmy's like, oh, I don't fucking know. You guys get off my fucking property. As soon as they leave, it's old Jimmy, ain't it? Yeah. And as soon as they're about to go after old Jimmy, they realize, oh, shit, it wasn't old Jimmy. Old Jimmy's just kind of a misunderstood guy, or he's an asshole, or whatever. Just uh-huh. wrong place, wrong time. It's actually this guy, and he's the real murderer. He's about to do it right now, right, right, right again. So, and they always get him at the zero hour. Or it's like, to make it back to superhero shit for a second, 
there is Smallville. And after a while in Smallville, near the later seasons... Yeah, it's guilty pleasure, I know. But Smallville, later seasons, what they start doing is they would treat it kind of like a little bit of a mystery. If there was a mystery of who's doing this shit, there would be some guy they bump shoulders with. Like, let's say, oh, Jimmy Olsen and Chloe are getting married. They go to a diamond store at some point earlier on, like, oh, look at this nice diamond. Yeah, yeah, it's the perfect diamond. Yeah, okay, maybe we'll be back. They go by later, and there's some other guy they think they're going after. And then it turns out, oh, wait, it was the diamond store clerk. Didn't that seem a little like awe? Oh, it's just it's the perfect diamond. How oh, you got kind of creepy right there? Yeah, it kind of did. Yeah, there's always those kind of things like that. But I think a lot of times they always want to go with like use the character that you trust. Almost is always the yeah. ones like it's like can't be you know it's like it's like the Point Break thing like it can't be Patrick Swayze and it's like oh it is it should be the fucking <laughs> jackass guys that are driving their lifted trucks and you know got fucking Anthony Kiedis hanging out with them. It's like no, it's not, it's never those guys. It's never the guys who are doing everything wrong. <laughs> It's the guy who does everything right except for that one thing. That one thing is just what makes him the villain. Well, but the guy like, who, who has no redeeming flaw or characteristics, those guys are always like, nope, not them. Yeah, that's the way it usually goes. So it's either like the random guy who said some weird off-key thing who you don't think about who kind of get re- relegated to the background or the person who, who you... you like, there's another thing to Smallville. Like, there's a guy, like, they're filming some superhero movie on the on the uh, set of the farm. And there is some key grip there who is very, like, he's a big fan of this thing. And they want to get it right. And he kept on, somebody kept on trying to kill the, the lady of the film. And then they think it's this other guy over here. But it ends up being, oh, no, it was this fan who's a super fan. He's obsessed. He wants them to get it right. So it's just, oh, in the comics, she died. So yeah, it's, it's like that type of shit. Yeah. And it's almost like, as I said, with the Batman Gotham by Gaslight, it's the, it really is more test your Batman knowledge. Because it's like, that's really the thing. It's like, if it, yeah, if it was any other story, you'd probably be like, yeah, that's probably who it's going to be as that cop. But you just don't expect it to be Jim Gordon. That's, just, that's not a Batman storyline, generally. So I think it, it's one of those weird ones where you can use something that is almost like, I guess you would say, slightly cliche, but it works. Just because mm-hmm. of your Batman knowledge. And then the other thing, too, there, What's, there's one other character we also didn't mention. They have Hugo Strange that they put in this thing, too. To kind of be, I guess, another red herring. Even though he, to me, he never felt like it's going to be Hugo Strange. I'm like, that's not what Hugo Strange does. But I guess maybe if you didn't know your Batman so well, you would look at it and go, oh, maybe it's that guy. He's, he's kind of creepy. He works at Arkham, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like how uh, that Hugo Strange is like, oh, it's the killer. Oh, listen, you're, you're not going to harm me. It's not your M.O. And then all of a sudden he just, like, chucks him into a pit of all the crazies and they just Working fucking apart. rip him apart down I there. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. And I almost kind of started thinking about, you know, you know the Poison Ivy thing? I think that's one of those ones where, okay, that kind of pisses off, like, Batman fans. But, okay, I'll say this. If you're not really, like, a Batman fan and you just kind of know of Batman, but you just – it's almost like it's, – it's like the beginning of Under the Red Hood where you tell somebody who, who's like, yeah, you know, Batman's okay or whatever. You're like, hey, check out this movie. It's got, what, the first five minutes, fucking Robin gets beat to death with a crowbar by the Joker. They're like, what? And I feel like it's almost the same thing you could sell this one. Like, hey, in the first, like, five minutes of this Batman by Goth or Bat, uh, Gaslight by Gotham, fucking Poison Ivy dance is – you know, does like a striptease dance and then gets fucking brutally murdered in the alleys. You know what I mean? I feel like – to a regular person, be like, they they can do that in a kid's cartoon? It's like, it's not a kid's cartoon, but... Yes, yes, they can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I think that that is probably... Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe that was their, their mindsets. I think they just wanted to kind of get in, like, well, 
we got a slot for someone to get killed right here. He primarily went against women. Uh, who's a hot lady in Batman? Uh, Poison that people Ivy. people know okay. of. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going with. I will say, it and, seems like a Marvel move more than anything else. Like, not Marvel, like, movies, but Marvel Comics. Because every once in a while, Marvel Comics will love to pull those little, like, we're just going to be as fucking edgy and ballsy as, you know, as we could be. Why? Fuck it, we're Marvel. What are you going to do about it? They did that, we won't make it all about this, but we, they did that with Ultimatum, because Ultimatum was all about, like... Fuck you. Well, yeah, Ultimatum, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I was following Ultimate Spider-Man a lot and some of the other Ultimate books, but Ultimatum was, we're just going to be shocking as fuck, and you're not going to see it coming, and you won't know what's going to happen next. We're just going to kill off a bunch of characters, and I don't know. Well, then we had a clean house or what. I, I, I don't know. But, because Ultimatum, the thing about that is, because it's all, it's like, it's kind of like not the end of the Ultimate Universe, but it's this thing where it's all the Ultimate Universe is going to change after this, and eventually the Ultimate Universe fused with the regular Marvel Universe, so certain characters from that got carried on, like Miles Morales and whatnot. But when you read Ultimatum, it was this thing of like, guess what? Wasp? She got eaten alive by the blob, and not like she turned small and he just swallowed her whole, so it's not no big, so you don't really see it. I mean, he he fucking ate her fucking guts out, and they show it. Like, what the fuck? And then, you know, fuck. Just, fuck you, that's why? Oh, God. Daredevil? You know what? He's fucking dead in the ground. He's dead, like, just we don't even know how he died. He's just dead on the fucking on the fucking pavement. For all Why? we know, fucking the kingpin just got him and brutally raped him. Why? Fuck you. Yeah, maybe he was tripping and got like you know like 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 felt like maybe he was just walking because he's blind. You couldn't see what happened. Tripped, broke his neck. I don't fucking know. He's like <laughs> he was probably trying to cross the street and one of those little like bird chirping things wasn't working, so he just thought there was nothing coming. <laughs> It's the super senses didn't kick in that day. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things. That like it's like that that book is they they is off a bunch of people. But I think that's because it was ultimatum, and ultimatum was very negatively received. And I'm like, guys, next time cut back on that shit. Be- I, Nobody, I, I, likes I'm that. guessing. The only person that likes that is like that ten year old kid who's like, comics are kind of gay, but this and this one's kind of cool. People will fucking die. You know, that, that's yeah. the person, and I think a lot of times Marvel goes, they, they love to go for that, like, guy who probably doesn't buy a Marvel comic. He's like, I'm going to fucking steal this shit. Why? Because I'm a rebel. You know what I mean? But for some reason, they feel like, we got to make that guy happy. <laughs> He's going to steal our comic. We don't want him to be anti-comics. We want him to be like, yeah, I fucking love this steal purchase. If this kid is in a movie in 1997, he has a Misfits poster. <laughs> he does. And that's all he has. You know, he has that, and then he has a mattress with nothing else on it. Like, no sheets, no nothing. Maybe a, maybe a, maybe a, a TV with rabbit ears on a cinder block, maybe. Exactly. And that, that's the thing. And I know it's like, every once in a while, I'll come across a Marvel comic, and it's like, God, it's, it's another one of these Marvel comics where they just feel like, like, all the characters in it might be, this, be, like, normal, and then there's just one character in it that they're just like, why are they pushing this character so edgy as can be? Like, why? What, what is the point? Why, why do you guys gotta do this every once in a while? Every once in a while, like, somebody steps in, uh, uh looks like t- this month, it's gotta be edgy month. Edgy month it is. Everybody, be edgy, quickly. Because you never see that. Is it like, um, you mean edgy, like, they just edgy and killing someone off in a way you wouldn't expect? Or edgy in, like, uh... And, like, just, oh, this guy's, everyone's a badass. Everyone's a Wolverine. No, well, they'll, they'll do it, like, in multiple ways. Like, either they'll do the thing where they just 
violently kill somebody off for no goddamn reason other just to be like dark and edgy or they'll do something where like sometimes they'll do a female characters where it's like every other character is totally normally dressed but here's this one character that's just like overly sexualized and always in just different poses just for some odd reason like it doesn't fit with the rest of the characters of the book it's almost like she was written in there just to be like if that, if that kid who's fucking 10 years old is fucking flipping through his book he's like well check it out dude this chick's like tits are pressed against like Wolverine C that's fucking weird you know what I mean like for I, no I... reason at all that sounds more of like uh, early to late '90s Marvel. It's not. No, it's not that time period. I, it feels like that comes across more in like 2000, like late '90s, early 2000s. Because I think there's a little bit more comic book code before that, and then maybe the second that that kind of started to peter off, they're like, "Let's be." I just feel like you never see that like too often. And well, really, actually, I'll say this: I don't think I've ever seen it in like a DC book where all of a sudden it's just like, "Just what's a fucking just edgy DC book? What are you gonna do about it?" They would every so often. Depends on the book, depends on the character. Red Hood and the Outlaws was definitely that for the first volume or two, because Starfire is just... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you told me about that. See, that, that, that sounds like they're trying to compete with the Marvel edgy thing, and then it just didn't really work out, so they're like, eh, that's not, what, that's not what a DC writer goes for, you know what I mean? It's like watching Star Trek, and all of a sudden, like, we need a Star Trek like edgy episode. Well, Captain Picard, he's going to be wearing a Speedo. His fucking dick's just going to be, like, fucking huge, and it's like, Why? I don't know. We just need it. I'm not sure they're going to let us do that. We'll let's see what happens. <laughs> like, like, why would you use Picard to be this? I don't know. He's, you know, he's sitting there in that chair, you know, so, like, stirred and sexy. Like, I just, I was picturing him with nothing else on. Uh, Bill? Uh, we got to stop letting these, <laughs> we got to stop letting these writers from Marvel come in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just, let's write just a regular Star Trek episode. How about that? Okay. People seem to, no, nobody's complaining. <laughs> he's always saying Captain's Log, and I want to show I want to show what a Captain's Log looks like. <laughs> Dude, it's it's CBS. They're not gonna let us pull this shit off. Like they fucking will. You just give me the chance, man. It's gonna blow their fucking mind. Believe me, that kid that um, walks in, like who's like, fuck this TV, and like starts turning channels. I'll pay for anything. <laughs> He's gonna run across this episode. It's gonna change his mind. Just the image of just some kid walking into an old fashioned TV store just stops running TV. Fuck this TV. Just starts changing channels. <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking down the aisle, to the aisle, just changing channels, like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. What are they like, gonna oh, do wow. about my TV? Is that Picard's dick? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I will say, I, no, I, I like, guess, um, speaking of edgy, though, that leads us to, like, what the next DCU movie looks like. It's really trying to be, actually, is edgy. Yeah, well, the next one, I mean, I'm guessing this one maybe a bit was delayed, because the next one's coming out, like, next month. Huh, that might be true, too. Well, there was, it's coming out of March. There, there was another DCU movie that came out in between, and I didn't get it because it wasn't on fucking Blu-ray at the store. I was like, fuck you guys. And it was the Batman and Scooby-Doo one. Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, again, I guess, yeah, well, I'm curious to know Bat- which Batman is it, it was Dietrich Bader Batman. Batman, though. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I was kind of interested, I mean, but then it was, I was just pissed they didn't have it on Blu-ray, so I was like, God damn it. I wonder if it's, I mean, I know it's probably the same producers, but I'm wondering if that's the same team of, like, Batman from Gotham by Gaslight, we give you Scooby-Doo. I remember, I remember they, they used to have trailers, like, at least because we, I now get them on Blu-ray, but on DVD, I would be getting, like, Batman Under the Red Hood, this movie where 
It opens with bet with Joker beating Robin to death with a crowbar, and then leave him in a building that explodes. And then it'd be like, coming soon to DVD, the new Lego movie. Whoa! Or it's like, hey kids, you like Cartoon Network? Like, you guys do not know who you're advertising to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that sort of went away. I mean, every once in a while they might have something like halfway there, but not nearly as like kiddie as they once were. I feel now it's like they finally are kind of like, because what's this? Is this one the third rated R one, Batman by Gaslight? Or we Gotham, I guess. Batman, Batman by Gaslight. He's ran by Gaslight. He's just got like a fucking tank strapped to his back. <laughs> like his eyes are glowing. <laughs> <laughs> just my, font, my, my gas tank can never go empty. Yeah. As soon as my tank goes empty, justice runs out. <laughs> now, um, justice uh, dissipates. <laughs> um, always get premium. No. Um, <laughs> well, if you can afford it, you know. Not saying I'm Bruce Wayne. I can't. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> Gee, that, that, that's a, that's a, you know that's when they're running out of ideas. Just like Batman, he can only run as long as there's gas in his in- like gas like because like oh well that's like the that's the other version of Tony Stark. Like his heart doesn't work. Like, oh, as long as you have like gas tank in his fucking back. It's like sponsored by Texaco. <laughs> yeah, just like wow, you guys went the other direction on this eco-friendly shit. Now, um, what was I gonna say? Um... They had Killing Joke, they had Justice League Dark, they had this one, and there maybe there's another one in there that got by me, but if not, Suicide Squad will be the next R-rated movie. Yeah, but I mean, like, so far I think this is, there's only three. I don't think there's any more yeah. than Justice League Dark, because I want to say Killing Joke, was that was the big deal about that one. It's like, it's rated R. Some of the other ones got damn close, but, I mean, really at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like, I feel like some of the other ones are probably just as, about the same as... Like the ones that are rated R, it's just maybe there's just like there's just like a, either like a moment or there's just like suggestive material. It's not. I don't feel like it's like the violence that makes it rated R. I think it's just sometimes the material is almost like what would you change it from a hard PG thirteen to an R. That's what I think so too. I mean, well, even Gods and Monsters, you have people getting like shot in the head and going down. Like they're like I've only seen that movie like twice, but there's a part I remember where. I want to say there's a bunch of UN people in the same building and like a robot or something busts in and they're shooting them in the head and blood shoots out. They just fall over. They ragged all over like men and women. And I was like, oh my God, I'm surprised this walked away with a PG-13. I'm going to be honest, that seemed more violent than this, but I think it's just the subject matter. I think the only thing is it's you show Poison Ivy getting killed at the very beginning and that really pushed it and just the subject matter mm-hmm. i think beyond that though and they don't they barely even show it you just i think it's combined with okay you just killed this uh burlesque dancer you hear her like like gargling at her last breaths and then he comes not you don't even see you just see her legs and like just a big pile of blood and blood all over the dress that's all you see you don't even see like her kidneys cut out or anything like that yeah, that's what I mean, it's like it's really it's not that violent, but I think it's just enough. I like how it's right there. I will say it's it's good that that's there at the beginning because all I picture, you know, there's some fucking stupid mom out there who's gonna buy this kid thing and they're like, oh, it's the next Lego Batman movie, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna pop yeah. it on in. <laughs> that's what's gonna be fucking at the very beginning of the movie. Mom, this movie's awesome. Can we steal something next time? Like, no, no, it's happening. My son's becoming that kid. His hat well, just like, also... without him even doing it, his hat like literally spins around backwards, and this like fucking like little mullet starts to grow. 
You just hear, like, as it slowly starts to turn backwards, you just, you just hear this... <laughs> like, some kind of almost, like, creepy sound. And then he just turns, like, Mom, why is there no fucking soda in the fridge? I can smell that you're being cheap. <laughs> He's wearing, like, a pair of, like, 90s L.A. gears. Like, I stole that from the ri- I stole these from the rich kid down the street. And then tomorrow when at school he's going to ask me, he's like, hey, those are my shoes. I'm going to be like, no, they're not. Like, what, you don't think I can afford these? Fucking loser. You're going to whack him in the face with a fucking stick. <laughs> but um, that new suicide... He steals pogs. <laughs> Sorry. There, there's, that, there's that new Suicide Squad one coming out, which they're, they're going for like this grindhouse theme, which I always feel like, oh, that sounds like you kind of missed that window. A little late to the game. Yeah, that, that should have been like one of the first DCU movies if that was like the time period you were going for. It's, it's not saying I don't like it. It's just like I like the grindhouse theme. I mean, don't be wrong. Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, when they put together that, that movie and kind of brought that style back, that to me was like, oh, my God, this is everything that I like in one big fat package. So it is cool. And... Even though that like it kind of got overplayed in about the early 2010s, it was it's still something that like it doesn't like deteriorate me from it. The only thing I'm looking at, I'm like they're not gonna have the fucking film grain on a modern animated movie, are they? Because that looks fucking weird. I think that was something they were just doing just to um, help, like just get the point across. And the guys got the guys talking about because I, I want to say I watched the trailer for it. And I don't think I saw the film grain, and it's very fitting they got Christian Slater who was in um, True Romance to be in this as Deadshot. That, that that made me really excited when I saw Christian Slater. Because at first I heard his voice, I'm like, is that fucking Christian Slater? No, that can't be Christian Slater. I mean, he's in Archer, so maybe it can be, but I'm not too sure. And then it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, fuck, that is Christian Slater? I'm like, that's so cool, it's Deadshot. You know what I mean? It's like, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I just, I'm like, I'm like I hope they just don't have that, like, film grain. Because that looks cool in a movie, but, like, when you have a digitally animated movie... It, it doesn't work. You gotta if, if you're gonna do the film grain thing, you gotta go hand draw all that stuff like on real paper to get to get that look across. I feel like now whenever they put out one of these movies and they start putting some of these characters like in the new Arkham game or whatever they're doing, it's always a hint of what's to come. So maybe another Suicide Squad movie's happening. Maybe, but we got uh, Deadshot in there. You got Harley Quinn. That's obvious. I'm glad to see Captain Boomerang still on the team. Mm-hmm. I like Bronze Tiger. I'll be honest. I didn't know a lot about Bronze Tiger before I started reading the um, Tom King run on Batman. He's in, he was a League of Assassins villain that was a League of Assassins guy who actually Batman has good respect for, and they actually train together, so they're kind of friends in some aspects. So I thought that was cool. He's mm-hmm. part of the team, and then. The only one, like, I'm glad to see Killer Frost, because I've always thought she's such a cool character. The only one that I'm like, what's their plan with this motherfucker? Is they have Copperhead on there. Yeah, and Copperhead keeps showing up in things. It's like, why? Okay, that's not that cool of a character. I, I'm just going to say this. It's not like the worst character, but it's definitely never a character that's like, yay, Copperhead. It, it, that that could have been Croc for me. Yeah, exactly. Just put Croc in there. You, everybody loves Croc. Even if he is mm-hmm. kind of retarded sometimes. It's like, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah, Copperhead's always kind of me. It's like, even, like, when it's, like, an animated episode, you're like, really? It's Copperhead for these 22 minutes? Did you run out? Well, I I think another really good animated movie. Who knows the next one's going to be? I guess we'll find out when this one comes out. Like, oh, here's another animated movie. Another month later. Um, so I'm surprised. They're usually, these are, like, three months apart or four months apart. But this one's just next month. Um, Copper, I want to say... Uh, what was it? There, there is the All Star 
Batman story where Batman's escorting Two-Face across the country. And that one is fantastic. And that is a little bit more... That kind of had a little of a grindhouse vibe to it because it's just a road trip movie. Mm-hmm. Batman and Cut Two-Face cutting through all these Midwest towns. And he's got with a guy who's trying to kill him the whole time. It almost felt kind of like a Western in the aspect. You know, just like, you know, the idea of like this... this this uh, this bounty hunter bringing in this this uh, criminal who's like you know I, I put a head on your head so people come save me you know kind of like three ten to Yuma sort of mm-hmm. no no that storyline's the, really cool and he, he's fighting all like the yeah sure you got two or three B level Batman villains in there but it's a lot of C list characters and that was where he had fit place for someone like Copperhead or someone like KG Beast, who they made a big deal in that book. And then uh, even the Royal Flush Gang for a second, which was kind of funny. And this one, that for, if you're if that's going to be the, the main character, I, I want to say Bronze Tiger I think is a good choice, because I think that is a cool character. But Copperhead, I'm like, eh, if you want to bump shoulders with him, uh, alright, whatever. But I think that really could have been someone else. I think they're really trying to push, like, Deadshot, too. I, th- I feel like Deadshot they really want to make into, like, this household name character because he keeps peering in all kinds of things. I mean, hell, they, they minus off Deathstroke and fucking Injustice, too, to have Deadshot in there. Not saying that's not a cool thing, but it's just, like, well, it's one's, like, they're really trying to think that get him in there and whatnot, which, I'll say this, if they made, like, a, like, I'm all down for a Suicide Squad 2 movie. Like, I've, I think as well as one's like, I think by the second one, you could get that really dialed in. Because that movie starts off fucking fantastic. It just peters off, you know, about that 45-minute mark. And it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just not nearly as up to par as you kind of were hoping for. But that doesn't mean you can't make a great sequel. I think that's the thing that always kind of bothers me. It's like, people don't understand that, like, a lot of times failures is what create, creates such a great success next. They just go like, fucking failed. What's the point? Put it in the ground with the others. Like, why even try? And it's like, no, no, no. The whole point's like, if, if something happens that doesn't fucking work that well, the next time you know exactly what to do. You know what I mean? But I don't know why fucking movie studios seem to fucking forget that. They're like, nope, people must just think Suicide Squad is dumb. This is where you have that WB frog. Let me tell you, is it your money in the line? No, it's not. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see. Let's put some money down on it. No, Mr. Batman. Apparently only Batman sells. Nobody else sells. Every time he leaves the room, he says, Hello, my darling. Hello, my darling. And they just like doing that, like, that can-can dance out the room every time he walks in. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, there was that... I was going to say, uh, regarding Suicide Squad, I mean, they, they, they're they talking about a sequel. They're talking about it. And I know that, you know... Well, it's kind of funny, because even in Christian Slater, he gave an interview. She's like, I've always been a fan of the character. I'm like, have you? <laughs> Because I'm surprised when I yeah, hear like that. Yeah, I was reading I, Spider-Man 5 and True Romance? I was really reading Suicide Squad. Doesn't blink, doesn't see. <laughs> like holds on him for a minute before he just cut over to like Sam Liu who's like, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... No, I mean, well, I'm he's not like, he's like, I was going to get maybe, really maybe into the character. Is... I was going to spray my paint myself black and really get in the role. I mean, I know it's a voiceover thing. It's like, oh, I think he just watched the Will Smith version. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe he did, really did. I'm not trying to shortchange him there. Maybe he is a big comic book fan and he really does know Deadshot. But most people, I'm going to say most people who don't read comics don't know who have any idea who Deadshot is. I think most people don't even know he's not black other than the movie right there. Yeah. So, and I, But that being said, though, I think Will Smith did a great job. And I'll be honest, when Will Smith... Smith first came in, I assumed he was going to be playing Rick Flag. I can see him better as Rick Flag than I can Deadshot, mm-hmm. but still, uh, I think he did it. It worked fine as Deadshot. He wasn't the problem with that movie. Um, 
But they've even been talking about a Deadshot movie, which that could work. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I would like to see this pick up and do more of these villains. I mean, that's the thing. DC, the live action movies are just in a weird spot. Because even though Justice League totally put it in the right place, the movie lost a lot of money just because of reshoots and digitally adding, taking the mustache out, this and that. So the movie, even though the money it would have made would have been a success if it wasn't for all the reshoots and all the things they had to do. Like, if the movie just came out the way it was and made that much money, it probably would have been fine. Yeah, because, I mean, it still did really well. That's the thing people talk about, like, oh, did that do good? It's like, no, dude, have you seen the money it fucking raked in? It did fucking awesome. It's just... People nowadays, it's like, if it doesn't make a billion, it's like, they're just not happy. And here's the thing, once it, it hasn't even come out on Blu-ray yet, so it's still going to make fucking tons of money. So... Mm-hmm. Go figure there, but no, I'm down for a Suicide Squad 2 movie or whatever, but I mean, at the end of the day, really, DC will always kill it on these fucking animated movies, which I'm almost surprised that Marvel hasn't come back and tried to, like, jump on this bandwagon and make any more. They had a few of them. They had, you know, the the two Ultimate Avengers ones. Well, they haven't had them in, like, Hulk. years, though. I mean, like, that's, like, ten yeah, years they... ago by now. They did, and they were trying to jump on that, and I'm like, I think that's the one of, one of the few things Marvel was just saying, you know what, let's just let DC have their little funny cartoons, we already got the movies taken care of, that probably already rakes in a fuck ton of cash, I mean, their TV shows, I mean, I'll be honest, who gives a fuck about Cloak and Dagger, maybe that'll be a big thing, but I mean, I, I just saw the show for that, I mean, every so often I'll be like, like, well, we don't have a Cloak and Dagger movie, but we have a show, we don't have a, um... A uh, Unhumans movie, but we got a show. Just like, yeah, you guys don't, you yourselves don't give a fuck about this thing. I know that's at least the one thing that like DC can see. Like, if it comes to like direct to video, like animations and TV shows, they got that one fucking in the bag. But sometimes people don't give them credit for that. Like, I think it's it's sad. It's like they just always knock them for like the movie, even though the movies are still really fucking good. And I personally think they're better than most Marvel ones, anyways. But. Like the TV shows and their and their straight to video ones, like way, like they got it fucking way down. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, I, I think yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's always it's always gonna be that Star Trek Star Wars argument. It's you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's hard to convince somebody to like fucking Star Trek if they really, 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 really only like Star Wars. You know, it's just it, it's mm-hmm. like not you're never gonna win that fucking argument. And that's kind of how it is, I think, with DC, too. Like, no matter how cool you make fucking DC, at the end of the day, they're like, it's the fucking nerd one. Well, nobody really says that, but you know what I mean? Like, they still treat it like, it's not Star Wars. Well, my thing is, I'm still, I still really like Marvel. I still read a lot of Marvel, and I still see all the Marvel movies. It's just, I I have more of a connection to more of the DC characters. It, primarily Batman. For I'm not going to lie. For a long time, it was like, Batman's my favorite character, but I'm a Marvel fan more than I am a DC fan. Then as time went on, it became more of a, actually, you know what? I like DC more. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I probably read about the same amount of DC books as I do Marvel books, but I just happen to like their characters a bit more. So, you know, I'm a... I, I, I mean, I think DC, I think that there's a constant balance in waves of it because right now people like the DC comics more than like the Marvel comics and they like the Marvel movies more than like the DC movies, at least general majority of how it runs. I think though that always switches though. One does one, one does something a little edgier, a little different than the other. The other picks up on that, tries to imitate it and maybe they get it. Maybe they're a little late to the party. Mm-hmm. No, no. And, well, the way that's how it was too. When I was a kid, like I actually liked Marvel more, but I think that's kind of how it is when you don't know a whole lot. Marvel, Marvel at first glance looks better. It's almost like the Pepsi Coke challenge. People always go to Pepsi on one sip, but if they drink the whole can, they'll like Coke more. That's just kind of how it is. But at like first glance, 
you're going to gravitate towards Marvel just because their, their characters kind of just stand out a little bit more. But it's like once you start reading it, I feel like, well, the DC always definitely has a little bit better stories. Not saying I don't like Marvel stuff, but like this is my almost way I like it. I say this. I love DC, but I like Marvel. That's almost like my way of kind of describing it. That's the difference that I sort of have in it. It's just one of those ones at the end of the day, like a DC thing will just bring to me that much more joy where a Marvel thing's like, well, that's cool. I mean, if it's like X-Men, like the animated series or the Spider-Man animated series, that's the stuff that I hold up there like really high. But, you know, and there's certain books that are really good, but it's like, it's almost like a DC book almost has like a higher chance of being guaranteed like good where a marvel book almost feels like you're fucking like rolling the dice at like craps like it's and it's not saying they're like bad but like sometimes you get like the fucking best marvel book ever you're like shit this is fucking awesome and then you get another book and you're like god damn it they're going trying to be edgy and weird again and then you get another book that's kind of like middle of the road and so it's not like nearly as consecutive where like a batman book very rarely ever leads you astray you know what i mean like batman's pretty much like you can fucking bet all your money on batman and he will always pay out Well, I'll say um, I think another aspect of it is when we were kids. Let's think about what what cartoons did we have from Marvel? Well, let's let's just how many cartoons did we have from DC? Really, we had all the Super Batman. Friends bullshit, and then we had Batman and Superman. So that's all you really have to go off of. And then when you were a kid, you had Marvel side, you had X Men, Spider Man, and whether you watched it or not, you also had Iron Man, Incredible Hulk. Fantastic Four, and then different iterations of those that came out, and then eventually you just had the Justice League cartoon, Justice League Unlimited, and now there's a bunch of too many ba- there's too many DC cartoons going on right now for me to name. So I think that now I, I think all it takes is like a movie or a show to get you hooked as a kid, and that becomes your favorite character for a while. Yeah, and I, and I think especially in the olden days, it was definitely like that. But but that's probably a good place to wrap up all this good DC talk. And so on. But what would you say you probably would rate Batman um, Gotham by Gaslight as far as the DCU films kind of go? Um, I don't know if I can – because now there's like 30 or 31st yeah. one. Um, I don't know where I'd play – it's crazy knowing there's that many of them. Um, and there's I don't know really where I'd – I know I've been saying this about a lot of them lately. But this one's probably somewhere in the middle of the road for me where it's – I have no real major problems with it other than the one Poison Ivy thing. And that's that's more of a personal thing than actual real critique of the movie because it's a Jack the Ripper story. You expect that kind of thing. Um, uh, I'd say it's probably middle of the road for me. It's, that's, not a, that's not a bad thing. It's not a middle of the road movie, but middle of the road as far as what I think of the DC films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would probably say it's maybe like... If you had, like, like the tier of, let's say you had an A, a B, and a C tier of how these movies kind of go... I would say it's definitely, like, probably, like, a high B, maybe even, like, a low A. Like, it's not, like, one of those ones where it's, like, oh, fuck, this is, like, top-notch, like, amazing. But I still actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Sometimes I kind of wonder if some of these things, like, I'm, like, because there's there's just, there's little elements that I liked a lot in the comic that I kind of thought, like, because I almost, like, I like the the part where when Bruce Wayne's in jail and he's going to, like, get out of there and Alfred's like oh you want me just to break you out it's like no Alfred we can't break it out we can't go against the law if we're gonna upstand this we gotta like play by the rules or else not do it at all and I almost felt like just kind of little moments like that so instead it's like well since like Alfred here put put on these clothes go sit in here let's punch out some fucking guards you know yeah like when the yeah and the other one's just like let's fucking break out of here fuck the law 
<laughs> you know, I almost kind of like how there's a little bit like that, and just like even like sort of like some of the trial stuff, how the guy who's trying to defend him technically is the guy who's like his uncle kind of going against him. They had just like little elements that almost like how Batman was sort of like trying to like hide it, which I felt like at the end of the Batman by uh, Gotham by Gaslight, it made it perfect so that nobody could ever trace Batman to Bruce Wayne. Like there, there was like that real perfect like. Everybody thinks Bat Bruce Wayne's in jail. Then the Batman goes out, finds the real killer, brings it on in. All the cops see it, everything like that. And then it kind of goes back. Batman or Bruce Wayne's freed from this trial because they got this. It was almost like the perfect fucking cover up that from this point on, you will never really have any problems between the Batman Bruce Wayne thing. I thought that was really cool. And in the movie, it, it just kind of like they, they, they didn't really go into that nearly as much, which I thought was kind of like. And, like, Bruce Wayne doesn't even fucking go back to jail. It's just like, fuck it, I'm out. Not going back in. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm rich. I can't go back to that. I have a certain lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, like, so there's little stuff like that. But overall, though, I still thought the movie was still pretty darn awesome. Like, I thought it was a good representation of doing this story. And I, I kind of, I, I, like I like the stories almost where they do just, like, let's take a graphic novel. And even though they do it, like, way different, at least I think that's always kind of cool. Like, I, I like when they do that sometimes a little bit more than even just doing like their own kind of storyline stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, I'm going to say like, you know, for me, top tier DC animated movies, we're probably talking like Batman under the red hood, Batman versus Robin, Batman. I know it's a lot of Batman ones. <laughs> Dark Knight returns. Let me get a few in there. Uh, Flash points. Wonder uh, woman, super wonder woman, green lantern, first flights, and then mid, and then probably third range, then like probably second range. This, um, um, uh, it's escaping me. Justice League Dark, uh, probably uh, Justice League Doom. Actually, Justice League Doom would be more like C range for me, and that's not bad still for one of these movies. But yeah, yeah you know, yeah, that, that's not bad. That's why I consider that they're just like compared to the other ones. It's just kind of like when you have a bunch of like fucking four out of four movies, you get the one movie that's like three out of four, and it's not that it's bad. It's just not nearly up to par to the other one. So it just by comparison, it just seems a little bit less. Yeah, like Justice League War, <laughs> it feels kind of like that. Uh, my the one I always look at is kind of my least favorite one is the. Um, Oh, the one that came out the same time as Dark Knight. It's like the third one or something. Gotham Knight. Yeah, Gotham Knight. That, Gotham. that, that to me is kind of like, I always, I always consider that's like the barometer of like the weakest one. Not bad. Just just not not up to par up the rest of the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Well, that was also that period where they would come out with, this takes place between these two movies. Where they're doing that with like Chronicles of Riddick. They're doing that with Animatrix. And they're doing that with um, Dark Knight. And then I think, and then I think maybe even Halo. And then um, that I just when, when it's a couple different animators though, all doing their own thing, and it's kind of an anthology story. That can be cool, but after a while though, it is one of those things like oh, I just rather have one concise story if it's like something that's already this short. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that too. The only one that I feel like that actually did it really well was the Green Lantern Emerald Knights. That one somehow, some way worked because it's just a bunch of Green Lanterns standing in fucking line telling stories as that they go to recharge. Dude, this one time? <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, hey, rookie, let me tell you a story. Like, that's almost like what it, it, But somehow, some way, it works better in that one than it does in some of these other ones. I don't know why it is, but it, it did. Maybe it's also because there's not that much Green Lantern stuff, so you're just more excited to have it. That one's more of a C range for me, but still, like, probably better than the, the, the Gotham Knight one. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit, actually. But, but yeah, good stuff to be had. But um, 
Be sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comics, animations, and more. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange podcast. Be sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, comics, animations, videos, and a whole lot more. You can easily support the show by buying something from one of our Amazon links on the website or in the show's description itself. doesn't cost you a penny, but every single thing you buy from there just by using that link to take you to Amazon helps us out a bit. You can also really help the show out, though, by spreading the word the good old-fashioned way and rate and review us on all the sites that you find this podcast. Anything from iTunes to Podbean to Newgrounds, YouTube, you name it, any little bit helps. Give a sub and share it to your friends, family, any jamoke you see out on the street. You let them know about Old Man Orange Podcast. And be sure to check out the Old Man Orange comic book, Pizza Boys, on both Amazon and Comixology. Till then... We'll see you some other time.